All right, fishing folks, I have Josh and Bob, the masterminds of Rabbit Baits, the lures you guys are all seeing on social media right now. So um, if you can, take a few seconds to introduce yourselves and let's get to talking about some Rabbit Baits. Josh, uh, and I'm one of the co-founders of Rabbit Baits, uh, working with my partner, college buddy, and the best man at my wedding, uh, Bob Scott. So uh, we are the behind the scenes people of Rabbit Baits. So if anybody emails or anything like that, chances are you're talking with me. Um, all handcrafted with love by, by Bob. <laughs> yep. Um, I'm up in Vermont and uh, I'm making all the baits up here. We got a little shop here. So um, myself and Bob Sr., my father, and um, one other employee, Jamie, we're up here making baits, you know, five, six, sometimes seven days a week, depending on how busy we are. So <laughs> doing it all right here in Vermont. Good deal. So Rabbit Baits is an interesting lure brand. So if possible, could one of you guys tell us where the idea came from? What, what made you guys put hair or fur or whatever you guys want to call it inside a bait, uh, attached to a bait to make fish want to bite it? You know, we were always tinkering um with baits but uh josh and i actually spent i don't know probably three weeks up on the st lawrence river and there was like a bfl and aba a bass elite series a uh a coastal event and um after three weeks of all that the fish just got so pressured it was almost impossible to catch them and the only way we could really catch them was on a drop shot with like a five foot leader and four pound test and just literally dead sticking the bait for 30 45 seconds a minute two minutes and until the gobies kind of came up and they start looking at the bait so we're like we got to thinking you know how do we get more action on a bait if it's just sitting there in the current like that um so we went back to the shop and we built a couple of prototypes and went back with them next year and we had a lot of luck with them and they were great doing that same technique so you know just how do you get that subtle action with uh you know no movement at all and that was it so what are you guys background do you have a background in lure making i mean this is it doesn't seem like that's a simple task to create the lures you created so back up a little bit was it a lot of trial and error when you guys were making these baits or was it something that just came naturally and you guys figured it out pretty quickly uh, there was definitely a lot of trial and error. I mean, if you look at some of our prototypes from like two, three, four years ago, you're like, is that a bait? I don't know, I don't know what that is. Is that, is that supposed to be a goby? But yeah, it's, it was definitely been a lot of trial and error. Um, I mean, I've, we've always been like tinkering with baits throughout the years growing up and figuring out how to, you know, catch fish more efficiently. But uh in the last, you know, three or four years, we've definitely uh, done a lot of trial and error to get to the point where we're at today. Yeah, How long ago was it you guys first started riding the baits? You said three, four years ago. So what, when did you guys first start uh, this process? The actual business has been what, Josh, two and a half about years a, now? Uh, yeah, formerly a business, um, about, a, about a year. We've been at a couple of local stores just right around Vermont, kind of playing with designs and baits. Uh, quality, different types of fur for about two and a half years. The, the tinkering has been longer on. If you leave Bob Sr. unsupervised for too long, you'll come up with some pretty unique uh, things, photos that are sent along. So um, they have a background in fly fishing and Bob Sr. 
worked at Orvis and both of them tie their own tie or flies. So that's kind of how the, the hair got mixed into the bass fishing and, and soft plastic. Good deal. So looking at these baits, I mean, the, when I watched the video, the action is, is amazing. How it just flows in the water is, is beautiful. So, well, in layman, why hasn't this been thought of before? You know, why is this something that, you know, you guys have figured out and are doing that works, but nobody's thought about doing this ever before? I don't know if it's so much that people haven't thought about it before. Um, I mean, it's something, you know, fur and feathers, they've been used in fishing all throughout forever, really. Mm -hmm. um, it's more so the manufacturing process and figuring out how to mass produce something like this. Uh, that was definitely our biggest challenge. You know, you know, we were saying we've been tinkering with this for uh, almost, you know, three to four years now and really just a business for the last uh, little over a year now. And that whole tinkering process was really figuring out how to make it efficiently. I, I think when we made our first couple of prototypes, we're like, all right, we can sell this for about $45 a pack. We're doing pretty good right now. <laughs> But uh, it's definitely been uh, more so figuring out how to make them efficiently and, and package them and everything like that, more so than just putting hair in a bait. Now, is there a particular kind of fur you guys are using for the baits, or do you guys go with what's available? Like, what, what kind of fur are you using? Uh, we, we actually started out with quite a few different uh, types of fur. We you know, started out with marabou and um, that looks good in the water, but you just need so much of it because um, it condenses so much in the water. Uh, and we actually ended up settling with rabbit fur, which is what we use. So it flows just like marabou wood in the water, but it doesn't condense down as much. And then when you take it out of the water, it dries just to its normal position. You wouldn't even know that it's been used before. So it really um, reacts good in the water. And then again, you can take it out of the water and use it over and over again. Is that why you guys call it rabbit baits because of the rabbit fur or what did the name come I, from? I guess, I guess that's kind of where it came from. We're calling it rabbit baits for a while. And then someone just said rabbit. I'm like, that sounds a lot better than rabbit bait. So we, <laughs> we rolled with the rabbit. <laughs> good deal. Good deal. So uh, do you guys have a favorite? I know you guys have, I think four lures right now, four baits. Do you have a favorite one or which one's your favorite? Oh, I mean, I, I don't know that I'd have a favorite. You, Tell me what, what lake or river system I'm going to, and I'll, I'll have a favorite then. But uh, definitely up on the St. Lawrence River, it's that St. Lawrence Gobi. That's where it all started right there. Um, and Oneida, too, any of the Finger Lakes. Um, that's my go-to lure up there. The smallmouth can't resist that thing. Mm -hmm. But uh, you get in some of the largemouth lakes, like clean uh, milfoil lakes. The shaker worm does really good. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, Champlain. If you Ned rig that craw, that's uh, that's one of my go-to lures on Champlain, especially up in like the northern section. What so about you, Josh? I, I think it's very easily the craw. I mean, if you look at that craw, there's just something about it. I don't know. It's just <laughs> you, know, you got the worm with the fur on the tail, and you've got kind of the the bait fish that looks real realistic. But I don't know. There's something about that craw and the way those claws float up in the air, and uh, it's definitely my favorite. Now, you guys, uh, I've seen the videos on social media of the lures actually in the fish tank and how they work in the action. I mean, they look amazing. But what caught me by surprise more than anything, I got the base in my hand are the, the color schemes, the actual 
um, combination of colors you guys have come up with, they look amazing. So who is in charge of, you know, saying I want this, like this one right here, you can see it, this watermelon, was that red flake in it with a red tail? Like who thinks of the color combinations to add to the base and, and make them look the way they do? I think that's yeah, kind that's of kind of everybody. We all kind of play a big big role in it. Some of them are pretty easy, uh, like watermelon and green pumpkin. You know, those are pretty standard colors. Mm -hmm. um, some of the other ones, Bob had a hand in in making, and I think probably Bob's favorite is St. Lawrence, um, and that was kind of his creation, I think. And he creates a lot of the other ones, and then we discuss and um, try to figure out what what other colors people are using and. That's kind of the, the main gist of it. Good deal. Now, okay, let's let's go bait by bait. First off, you mentioned the goby. So the goby is, of course, the goby imitator. Uh, so how do you guys rig that one up to actually catch fish? Is it a drop shot type of bait? Uh, do you net rig it? What what's, what do you guys do? Um, it works great on a drop shot, but actually my favorite way to rig that one is on a Carolina rig. Um, really? A big, heavy weight and a, a longer lead. Yeah. Um, Oneida Lake and even on the St. Lawrence you get into some of the zebra muscles a little bit too much for that Carolina rig um, so you got to use like a heavy main line to it but on any of the finger lakes you Carolina rig that thing and it is deadly really yeah I'm gonna keep that one in mind so with the Carolina rig is this something that you got it's standard Carolina rig what do you do anything special with it or are you just you no know, regular hook you no know, regular weight depends on the depth uh, and mean, things like that you know, I do just an offset um, worm hook with it. Uh, probably a three out works good with that bait. Uh, a little bit longer leader than most people would do. Probably, you know, 24 to 30, even 36 inches. The, the tougher the bite, the longer the leader normally. And But the one thing that I do probably different more so than any other, other people is that I use like a really heavy weight on it. Um, ounce and a half, sometimes two ounces. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because um, you're down in 20, 30 feet of water sometimes, and you want to keep bottom contacted with that weight, and that weight is down there on bottom making as much commotion, kicking up dirt and dust and rocks and making a whole bunch of noise. So it's drawing fish in, and then all of a sudden you got this goby. It looks like it's falling, whatever this thing is that's kicking up little microorganisms. That goby is probably looking like it's eating, mm -hmm. um, feeding on all that those little bugs that are getting kicked up and the small mouth is going to come in and eat your goby. So uh, that's just a deadly rig over on my Finger Lakes Champlain yeah. too. Yeah. All right, Josh. Now what about you? When we come to this, uh, micro craw here, what's your rigging setup? Uh, what do you do to actually rig up this lure? I think, you know, Ned rig is probably the top rig. It's very easy. No skirt. Um, that would be the number one way that I rig that. Number two would be I'd throw it as a trailer on a jig. Um, I, I think, you know, this, we've got some really good colors that look really good on a jig. So just your standard, um, standard three-eighths ounce or quarter ounce jig. Um, you know, our baits are more for finesse fishing. So it's not going to be a whole lot of, of kind of larger half ounce or something like that. Um, Texas rig is also pretty good, uh, but again, you got to use a smaller hook with that. Three-aught is kind of the most for that. Mm -hmm. um, and then a few times we have Carolina rigged as well, but uh, you know, I kind of agree with Bob that 
Adobe works so good on the Carolina work, the way that that floating plastic just kind of keeps it just off the bottom. Uh, you, know, you can't beat it. Yeah, I've, I haven't took the, the, the crawl out to fish yet, but I was thinking about putting on a net rig and actually taking it out there and seeing what I had relaxed. Now, do the crawls, they actually float, right? Yeah, yeah. So those floating, you know, that plastic and those claws float. And one of the things that I try to do in the fish tank when I'm creating the videos, you can kind of see the bubbles going, is that I have trying to simulate some sort of current in the fish tank. And that's, that's kind of where it really shines is when you're leaving that bait still, that fur is still moving in the water and creating that action similar to what, you know, a live crayfish would do rather than a, you know, pure plastic bait where it just kind of sits there and it's just up. Um, so that's the big difference. Good deal, good deal. Now the daughter, let's talk about that one. Now this one, in my opinion, looks like the perfect drop shot lure, but in your opinion, what are you using to actually to, to fish with it? How are you fishing it? How are you catching fish with it? The darter, I always use that one on a drop shot. You can use it on a Ned rig too. But again, if I'm fishing the Finger Lakes or any of the um, northern lakes up here that have gobies, like my one-two punch is that Carolina rig uh, with a goby and then the darter on a drop shot. So what I'll do is I'll drag the Carolina rig around and then I'll mark a fish on the graph and then I'll drop on it with the, uh, the darter rigged up on a drop shot. Or if I'm like fishing really specific structure like i'm marking big rocks or something and i want to work that drop shot around the rock um then i got that darter rigged on a drop shot almost all the time on my boat good yeah, that's what i was thinking as well it looks like the perfect drop shot lure so um if i take it out there i'm definitely gonna tie onto a drop shot and see if i can catch with it and see if i can get some big florida bass in it you know maybe <laughs> get something on video for you guys as well but my favorite of course is the shaker worm i'm a worm guy uh, so if I had to choose one lure for the rest of my life, it'll be a, a worm, some kind of worm, floating worm, you know, ribbon tail, something. So how do you guys rip this one? I know that there's probably many different ways and options of doing it, but what's your favorite to actually rip the worm? Yeah, I mean, you can rig it pretty much any way you rig a regular worm. Uh, I think you know, shaker worm goes perfect with the shaky head. And, you know, as far as just a real easy one to do, um, it really works well in any kind of brush. You can really pull it over um, and work any kind of trees and wood. Uh, Texas rig is good. I've got some fish tank action of a Nico rig, which I've never personally done, but mm. it's kind of intriguing. It is pretty cool when you put that nail weight in there and that fur is just at the top and you kind of you know, chug it along and the whole, whole top just kind of opens up when you stop and it's coming back, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. I think that would probably be, would be the shaky head would be the, the number one um, always okay. tied on. Good deal. Now I don't want to put you guys on the spot, but rumor has it that you guys have some new things coming out pretty soon later on this year. Is it something you guys can elaborate on and maybe give us a little hint on what's coming out or is it something that's still close to the vest and you guys don't want to talk about it yet? Uh, what do you think, Bob? Mm. <laughs> we are. We definitely have some things in the pipeline. Um, I don't know that we have a specific date when it's going to be ready, but we are definitely working on on some new things. We got some moving baits coming out, um, and some uh, some more finesse baits that are in the pipeline too. So those are coming coming out pretty soon. One of them. Uh, when do you think, Josh? Probably 
probably the, the closer to the August, probably the Ned. Yeah, I think we can let a, the the Ned one out of the bag. Um, but it's going to be kind of your standard chunk bait, um, specifically for the Ned. Okay, Ned but it's more than one. More than one bait coming out in the near future, huh? More than one bait coming out, but the one bait in the nearest future is the uh, is the Ned rig in August. Good deal, um, good deal. I think we've got a couple really cool baits that we're working on that will come out kind of for next season um, as we as we play on it. But this is more than a worm and cross shell. We've got a complete line of baits that we're working on and thinking of, um, and you know e each one is going to have its own little kind of difference and nuance. So uh, you're going to need to have all of them good, in your good, tackle good. bag. All right, so you guys are a new brand, a new company out there with making some really innovative and unique lures for people to actually fish with. So what's your, give us an elevator pitch. Why should people check out Rabbit Baits and fish with some of your lures? The biggest thing with Rabbit Baits is due to the subtle action of the fur is you'll catch fish when nothing else will. And we've had feedback to support that. Um, we've had multiple people that reach out to us on Instagram or email us directly. And they tell us, you know, I threw everything I could at this fish that was sitting on a bed and nothing would, you know, wouldn't move for anything. And I remember that I, you know, got the rabid craw in the monster bass box and I decided I'd give it a try and second cast it hit. And, you know, I, I posted one on Instagram a few days ago, but that's, that's a recurring theme. And that's something that we really like to hear is, you know, when the bite gets tough, and nothing else will catch them, you know, rabid baits will catch them. Um, it's something different they haven't seen before. And the action of the fur is just, it's like nothing else. Good deal. So where can people learn more about rabid baits? Where can they purchase some? And where can they learn more about, you know, your products and how to fish them? Absolutely. You can check us out on our website at www.rabidbaits.com. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. I've just created a YouTube channel. We're going to be start loading up some more videos and get real specific videos as far as the techniques so that people can see, you know, what the Ned rig looks like underwater, what the Texas rig looks like, um, the darter, kind of different ways to rig them. So we're working on a whole series like that. Um, and then there's, if you check on the website, there's also, we have retailers that are coming on every day. Um, we've got more people coming on. So if you want to be able to see them in the store and, and kind of really look at them, you can go check them out where they are on the map and find somebody that's nearest you. Good deal. Good deal. Now, Bob, this is not a fishing related question, but you have a Miami Dolphins fan, a Bengals fan, or are you a Patriots fan? I mean, up in New England, don't I have to be a Patriots fan? You kind of uh, do, but I mean, we have one right there who's a Dolphins fan out of everything. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He he's a different breed. Yeah, we we don't know what he is. Dolphins fan from Vermont, but uh, yeah, I got to say, um, I'd be a Patriots fan. Really? Yeah. Well, Josh, it's just me and you now. I'm gonna mute him so we can't talk anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, we we're kind of tired of you, Patriots fans. <laughs> absolutely anyway, <laughs> but see i'm in florida he's a miami dolphins fan now we got tom brady in florida too so i mean florida's where it's at now <laughs> where old people go to retire right that's why i went down there about right <laughs> <laughs> about right good deal good deal so these new products coming out um i'm interested you say you had a moving bait coming out i mean this is off the record i could 
we're not going to put this in the podcast whatsoever, but um, is it like a swimming bait or is it more so a, a trailer type of deal or what, what kind of information could you divulge at all? Yes. And yes, I let off the record. I'll let Bob tell you, you can unmute him. Oh, I'm sorry. Does he mute himself? <laughs> I, I forgot I muted him. <laughs> um, yeah, there we go. There, there it is. Go. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, off the record, uh, we're working on a... Still in, like, the prototype uh, stages of it. We got to make a few prototypes, see how the action works, uh, make sure they you know, get the right back and forth action with the fur placement and uh, the mold. So we're, we're working through that right now. And um, hopefully by I'm thinking next spring or early spring, winter, we're going to have that coming out. How do you guys choose the, the placement of the fur? Is it something that you guys just trial and error? You put it in the back and you put it in the front or is it, what, what makes you guys um, decide to put it where it's at? Mainly it's, you know, we're going to um, mimic any bait fish. So we try to um, put it in the same place that the, any bait fish would have fins. Um, but then also as we use it and test it out, we got to make sure that it acts natural in the water. It's not going to like roll to one side or the other. Um, so it's a little bit of trial and error, but, you know, we generally try to keep the same um, mold as a natural bait fish. Okay, so how how did Monster Bass, did you guys get a lot of feedback from there? Yeah, a, a ton of feedback. Uh, you know, the first thing that you get when you're in Monster Bass is the unboxing. And mm -hmm. if you watch any of the unboxing, kind of the, the surprise and awe, when everybody opens up their box and says, wow, what is this? This is really cool. This is really unique. Um, and everybody, you know, will go through the unboxing and they'll get to rabbit baits. They'll either one, they'll hold rabbit baits to last because they've already gone through and they want that as their last bait. Or if they're kind of actually opening up, they always go back to rabbit baits and they always take one out and they're always playing with it and, you know, trying to ask questions. So that's huge. Um, we've had a few people message us directly and, you know, tag us on Instagram as far as catching their, their personal vests or something like that. Um, so all of that attraction to the, the bait and kind of the getting our name out there, it, you know, it's hard to get your name out there, especially when you're unique. So all of that has just been huge for us working with Monster Bass and, and Rick. Is, it, is that something you guys can continue doing? Are you going to get back into a Monster Bass box in the future? Or is it one like a one-off, two-off type of deal? I don't know if Bob's ready to get right back into another Monster Bass <laughs> box. Uh, it's a lot of work for us to, to manufacture it um, and get all the baits done, um, especially as we're, we're trying to grow. So you, you kind of mix in working on the Monster Bass order with also still trying to supply the customers that are buying through the website and stuff. Mm. Um, I don't think we're done with Monster Bass by any means. So I definitely think maybe one of our new baits down the road could come into a later box. Um, it seems to, they get a lot of positive reaction from having rabbit baits, baits in, um, it's, you know, a new unique bait. So we, we work well together. Um, it's a great partnership. Now, Bob, are you, uh, pouring the baits yourself? Just you and your dad? Um, so we actually started out hand pouring, but now we we have, we're injection molding and, uh, okay. we just got a new, new machine here. Uh, oh, we've had that for 
a little over a month, almost two months now, um, which we put a lot of work into getting, you know, molds and a machine that all actually fit like our style of manufacturing because mm-hmm. we can't manufacture baits the same way that every other company manufactures baits because yeah. we obviously have something a little bit different. Um, so it's been a long process trying to get this manufacturing process down. But uh, in the last couple of months, we've really upped up our manufacturing with a, a new injection molding machine, um, custom fitted to our molds. And we've been rolling pretty good here for the last couple of months. Good deal. Now, you guys are in some brick and mortar stores, I heard you say. Um, are you, uh, and you have your, your store online. Are you guys in Tackle Warehouse or it's just your website for now? Not Tackle Warehouse right now, mainly our website. And then uh, we do have a few, uh, few shops uh, up, in the, up in the north here. I know there's a few in uh, North Carolina down by Josh. Um, but we're slowly adding more and more, uh, more and more stores. Okay. And our, uh, our website's definitely growing pretty good too. So here, here's my goal. Uh, we're doing a catch fish challenge. So I'm going to go out uh, next week, uh, probably Monday. And the goal is for me to actually catch a bass over a pound, not little dinks or nothing like that, at least a decent-sized bass on each one of your lures. So I'm going to take the techniques that you guys were just talking about and utilize that as well as doing some unconventional stuff that I do here in Florida all the time to catch fish. And my goal is to, in a 24-hour period, which is going to be probably less because I got kids and a wife and, you know, work <laughs> to do as well. So, But the time I have fishing for one day, I'm going to go out and I'm going to try to catch a bass on each one of your lures. A quality bass, not like I said, I can catch a half pounder probably in five seconds over here. But you know, a quality size bass at least on each particular lure, and that's the challenge I'm gonna have uh, for myself as well. So, um, you'll see that video coming out probably next week around Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, this podcast is gonna air on Monday, so you guys take a look at it and uh, let me know what you think, and uh, we'll take it from there. Alrighty, awesome! Excited to see All that. Right. Good deal. I hope you now, catch that big 10 pounder that got away with it. Oh, That'd I'm hoping good. so. I'm, this, <laughs> this one right here in this color is going to be one I'm going to catch that 10 pounder on. We've, we've got a kid that uh, is on our pro staff. His name is Johnny, and he loves the watermelon. It's his yeah. favorite. It's the goat, as he calls it. The yep. goat of colors, watermelon. <laughs> I agree. That's my color. If I, Watermelon red, yep. if I can get a watermelon red lure, I don't care what kind it is. I'm going for it. You know, that's my number one that I'm going to choose for stained water, clear water, you know, you know, whenever that's my lure of choice. So my yeah, color. I of think choice. that watermelon worm has been our, uh, definitely our best-selling, yeah. best-selling worm. That one in the uh, green pumpkin orange, but I think that's mainly because we ran it in the uh, monster bass box there. You know what color I like? Let me see if I can find you. This one right here. I love this color right here. A with a hint of blue, and the I don't know if that is that an olive green on the on the on the the fur, with the blue or like a yellowish greenish color. I love this one. So this is gonna be my one if I'm gonna use for the for the craw. Hopefully, I'm gonna have a, quite go. a few of them out there. But that's gonna be the one I'm gonna tie on first. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. My favorite color too. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I always draw to that one. You look at a shelf, and my eyes always pick up on that one. Yeah. I mean, you guys are doing a really good job with the color. I mean, I, I think they're amazing. It, it's the color schemes, it's, it's, they're normal that you see all the time, but they're still unique enough to where they stand out and they're different. You know, I yeah. love the color schemes you guys have going on. 
Yeah, a lot of it is that two-tone that we get to do with the fur. You know, yeah. A lot of companies have just kind of the green pumpkin chartreuse or maybe a black and blue worm with a you know, deep blue tail. Yeah. Um, you know, we get to kind of incorporate the fur that matches our, our bait and it kind of works well with it. So you mm -hmm. still have that kind of flair that draws the attention, but, you know, it really goes with the color scheme. And I think that contrast would really work out and stand out and where you know, the fish can hone in on it and actually really see it a little better. So I'm, I'm excited. I can't yeah. wait. Yeah, we're excited to see that video. Yeah, you, it's, it's going to be nice. I, I'm pretty sure of it. Good to go. Well, all right, man, I do appreciate it. Y'all guys have a blessed night. We'll be in touch. You too. Thanks, Daryl. No see problem. you later. All right. Take, Thank take you. care. Bye. Bye.